Only guy. Only one in double digits. Welcome to Sports, Clips, and Politics with your host, Ben Husong, and me, Sean Hannon. Welcome to episode 110 of Sports, Clicks, and Politics. I am Sean Hannon, joined as always by the wonderful and handsome, and did I hear chicken-owning Ben Husong on the way in here? What the hell is that about? We got chicks. We got... Uh, uh, all right, elaborate. Uh, chicken coop, like the whole thing? We have a chicken coop, yes, but it's not put in place yet. I still have to build the is this an Is this in a reaction to inflation? Your, your eggs, you're just looking for eggs at home now? or I mean, uh, it's probably is this a part. hobby? It's it's a hobby. It's a it's part of reaction of like, all right, the world is nuts and nothing's making sense and everything that the people in charge are doing is going to make it worse. I'm not like a okay, the word we're not doomsdayers or anything. It's just a as we started talking more about it, we already have two dogs, we got five bunnies. We're like, you know what? Maybe some chickens. I eat a lot of eggs. I'm obviously I don't think I can eat this many eggs, so you, you're probably going to get some as a gift oh, every okay. now and then. No, that, but that's... uh I, I just. We talked about it, and then, as my wife and I are prone to do, talking led to doing. And all of a sudden, it was like, hey, the chickens came on Saturday. We're like, awesome. We're not ready, but let's get it going. So And so, did you already have, like, a, I don't know, chicken house for these uh, uh, things ready here, or are they just staying in the room? They're in a Tupperware, they, like a big Tupperware big enough... bin, like a storage okay, bin gotcha, right now. Gotcha. And we fashioned together, like, a little cross out of wire hangers with the light okay. to hang over the top. Uh, so, we got that all set. And then the, the, we got a chicken coop. It's a mobile one that you can, like, pick gotcha. up and roll. It's got wheels. But I'm not. it's not ready to go into place yet because I still have to build, like, an enclosure to store that in. The four-season like, chicken storage. coop. It, it's going to have to be. It's just, it's just the reality, Sean. So I got to get that up and running soon. Uh, but I got to get the logs out of the way. So I'm, I'm trying to rent the equipment this weekend so I can get those logs placed around the fire pit so that I could get that done. Then I can build up the fire pit, or not the fire pit, that's this weekend. Then the chicken pen for the coop to go in. And then I should be good for a little bit. I'm just, I got like four more projects after that in mind. So I just got to get these ones done first. Well, yeah, they're living things. Right. They and take we, precedent a little we bit. Can't sometimes. Have chickens in the house. Like, yeah. So the rule is like. I mean, can't. Uh, here's my or won't <laughs> won't won't um but the the rule we're allowed to have pets and then there's some gray area about if you're you're not supposed to have any farm animals so we have pet chickens we have yeah. to be very clear on that distinction I mean, not, i'm assuming they all have names already of, obviously okay. I, got, I mean i got four kids you think they, they no animal comes into this house without a name period our fish have names for god's sake um it, I, you just figured why not Chicken sound like fun. Listen, I'm not going to say that I haven't contemplated the idea. I just hadn't heard you mention it. Well, maybe I did maybe hear you mention it before, but I, I don't know. I didn't know that it was uh, this imminent, I guess. I didn't either, but it happens. And oh, this is go. why it's so fun being married to my wife because we have these conversations, and then all we do is egg each other on a little bit and a little bit, and all of a sudden you're like, do we want to stop you're and past the point of no return. about this? Like, nope. We are into doing, and it's going to happen. So, Well, at least it's well thought out. The chicks got ordered. We had to buy them online because we had to make sure that we didn't get any roosters because that would be a problem in a suburban neighborhood such as where I live. So instead, we got all hens just for that. We want to get the eggs. I mean, it's probably wrong to eat a pet, but I guess we're gonna, we'll are gonna we tow that line when the time comes in a couple of years. Uh, we'll just stick with eight. We got eight. We ordered ten. One, one, was, one was DOA. Another... Another D shortly after A, which had already had a name, so we had a mm. we had a, a we didn't do a funeral or anything, but my son was oh, okay. really upset because he had named that one. Gotcha. I think Clucky. Well, really creative. Um, so yeah, we got chickens. Okie doke. I got pet chickens, pet bunnies, pet dogs. Well, you would live a weird life. On that note, I think everybody should uh, give Ben a like for the chickens, a rumbles, and uh, maybe a. Uh, subscribe over on YouTube since we're live on YouTube today. Are we? Yes, we are. All right. We're first, back. first time since uh, episode like 81. No, maybe amazing. even longer than that. I, mean, I think it was like actually episode 50 something. I actually. think it was in the 50s when we got banned. I think I can't remember which ones we are. But anyway, welcome back, right. YouTube. We're going to get banned uh, again. I, you know, the over under is like a month. <laughs> I mean, I'm the under yeah, heavy. Yeah, under, <laughs> under would be the probably appropriate side of that. Um, 
but yeah, but we're also on Rumble and uh, YouTube simultaneously. So uh, if all, all right. the technology is working in the back end, that's fun. Um, that's uh, great news. Yeah. So I don't know. So give us a like wherever you're uh, listening to us or watching us, and uh, maybe we'll uh, be here for more than a week. Well, we've been on Rumble. We've never had any issues with Rumble, so we're going to keep going with Rumble no matter what. But the YouTube thing is uh, hit or miss. So, All right. Well, let's talk about uh, a somber week for your uh, Buffalo Bills. Eh. I mean, it's uh, – I didn't, so just for full disclosure, I watched like the first – the first half and much of the third quarter, and then I had an event, and uh, that took over, and therefore I could not watch. But I did watch all the dudes at the uh, uh, party be staring at their phones and knew what was happening as it was happening. So sure. uh, the Dolphins fan was happy. Sure. And so that made me uh, realize what was going on there. So um, I don't know. Fill us in a little bit about the uh, the, the Bills game. Uh, are the Dolphins uh, your arch nemesis now? Uh, are you uh, waiting for the return? What was up with the heat there in Miami? I guess half the players looked like they were freaking passing out, like the linemen. Is so that what was going on? The Dolphins actually designed and laid out their stadium in a way where their team for a 1 o'clock start is in shade for the entire game, and the other team never gets shade at all. We need to hire that architect. I'm saying. For like, our studio. It's kind of brilliantly designed. If, we're, if Like, credit where credit is due. Should definitely be against the rules. Like, they should have to do something for this, but they're not going to. They're just going to let opposing teams keep coming in and getting heat stroke. Um but, you know, this is incredible. Uh, the Dolphins played a very good game. The Bills really did not. I mean, we could talk about injuries, and that's legitimate. There were a, there were a lot of injuries on the Bills' side of the football and some, some at Miami's side. But, I mean, they had 400 yards passing. They had over 500 yards of total offense and could only put up 19 points. Like, at some point, you got to finish. So, do the 72 Dolphins pop the champagne if the 2022 Dolphins uh, break the record? No. How does that work? I don't think they want anybody to break that record. So they are even anti-Dolphins. I would think so. Hmm, that's weird. Because they're one of the only undefeated teams. Anyway, it's them or the Giants. They play tonight, right? And the Eagles. Yep. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts getting it done. So here's my biggest yeah, takeaway with the, the Bills. Bills yeah. uh, is number one, when you have the ball on the goal line, the first and goal, and you run one time, the running back runs up into the middle and gets to the one foot line. And then you go a shotgun RPO followed by two passes to turn the ball over on downs. When you have a six foot five, 270 pound quarterback, you need to rethink your strategy because you are outthinking yourself. And the, the clincher of all this is you were trying to run time down. And instead of just saying, hey, let's do a handoff, a handoff, a handoff. And then we're just going to, if that doesn't work, we got this big dude. We're just going to have him jump the line. You're guaranteed to score. I'm sorry. Like, it's four times running the ball up the middle against that defense, you're going to score a touchdown. But instead, they wasted time. They ended up turning it over. But flip side, silver lining to that was without that occurrence, we never would have gotten the butt punt, which is the funniest football play I think I've ever seen. Oh, you have to enlighten me. I missed it. All right. So they're punting, and they are literally on the one foot line because Miami looked at Buffalo's clock management and was like, hold my beer. So instead, they ran a ball on first down, tried a QB sneak from the end zone that almost got to a safety because he was that close to being pinned down. And then on third down, they passed. So the Bills had two timeouts, called timeout on first and second, and then on the third time, they couldn't stop the clock, and the Dolphins tried to pass. And it went incomplete. So now it's fourth down. The Bills have time. Now they have no timeouts, but it is what it is. And they punted. But the personal protector, the the guy for the, the kicking team that yeah. like he backed up so far that the punter drilled him in the ass with the punt. Like this guy, the ball came off and you watched this personal protector, his whole body did this, like arched back. You, I can't even imagine how bad that must have hurt. But it was so fun. like I never was like, it was blocked. And you you you're watching him like, who blocked it? There's nobody there. Like, yep. You know, hit his personal protector, square. Dead to rights, got him, and that ball went out the back of the end zone, giving the Bills a safety. Yeah. So now it was a two-point game. Or yeah, then it was a two-point game. And they got the ball back. And they got the ball back, but just poor clock management. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie was trying to get out of bounds and couldn't, so time expired as they were trying to come up and spike the ball. But Didn't they have clock management issues right at halftime, too, or yeah, Allen fumbled the too. snap or whatever? What are they doing? Yeah, that was that So was anyway, they're, so, so they fall to so, two and one. I don't, you know, I... It doesn't matter. It's yeah. a 17-game schedule. They weren't going to go undefeated. Good for the Dolphins. Enjoy this win. You earned it. Congratulations. I don't think the Dolphins are going to be a um, big threat come the end of the year. 
I, I mean, think that right listen, now they're new and exciting and fresh. I, I think they're going to be in the playoffs. I think they'll probably make the playoffs. Only because I don't, I just don't see who else in the AFC is like, you know, you know, I, I, I think the Chiefs are still legit. You know, I, we'll see about Russell Wilson Broncos. Whatever. They don't look legit right now. Yeah, I mean, there's just not. I mean, so, it, but your point is, it's very early. So that's it. And you know, maybe the Dolphins go undefeated since it's in their pedigree. They won't. The Dolphins are a pretty good football team. Yeah. The, the thing is, they do right have now, big play opportunities. Like, so in any given game, you know, Hill could just he could break one, right? So, like, and you, he's time. faster than everybody in the league. Right. So, and Waddle might be right there, right? Oh, so, like, just, uh, they, so they they have this big play potential, that wild card thing that. Um, could let them win, and it, this wasn't how they won yesterday. But that could they could beat a Chiefs team or a or a, a high powered Bills team right. where they're re- because they just have this big play potential as well. So I mean, I think that you're the Dolphins are a good, not a great team. That's my that's my read on them. They're a good to very good team. I don't think they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender. I think that they'll have a good year this year, but at some point you've got to have more than what they've got. I think to compete with the Chiefs, the Bills. Um, I would have said the Chargers, but holy good Lord, did they look bad this weekend. So, I mean, I think they're they're like one step below that level, but this is the NFL where any given Sunday, one team can beat another. So, good for the Dolphins. Good win. Uh, I still think your stadium should be illegal because, oh, my God, you're going to kill somebody. Um, But that's probably me just being a bitter Bills fan that feels jilted. Is that the right word? Yeah, sure. Scorned. Yeah. And, like I said, nobody in the – I don't know. You know, I'm I'm interested in Brady always, but – I don't know. The Vikings look okay, but I'm not. As long like, as they don't ever have to play on a prime time game, the, the, Dolphins, uh, the Vikings will be. Fine. You know, Eagles Eagles do present a uh, again a wild card because Hurts seems to be playing better each and every year. So we'll see if that continues. And you know, they got they acquired a big time wide receiver and not sold on their. They have a trio of running backs there, I guess. But some of this, it's too early to figure out if anybody's had any good defenses either. So it's always too early to tell yeah. right now. That's the biggest thing. Like everybody wants to freak out or like, oh my God, the Dolphins are going to go the distance. Like settle down. It's a game. And it's a good, I don't mean to belittle it. Good for you. You want yeah, it. No, it's a, it, listen, it's a, if you're a Dolphins fan, like you win. had to win the game, right? Like to, to kind of legitimize yourself. Right. Like if, if you lose the game, then you're like, okay, who have you beaten? Kind of when you, and you, and you play forward and you wait for the rematch right. and then you see if you can win again. But now at least you have some confidence. Listen, maybe, maybe you know, I'm, again, I'm kind of with you in a sense that I don't think that they're on the Bills-Chiefs level, but they do have the ability to win a game other than the way they beat the Bills, and yes. well, it remains to be seen. So, I mean, it, Good for you. Enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I think that it's a very good team, but I do think that it's a little overblown right now. So I, as a Bills fan, I'm not overly panicked about it. It's We weren't going 17-0. You're going to get some games in there that you're going to lose. They were starting guys that I'd never heard of before uh, at offensive line and defensive back, and they they played toe-to-toe with a good team and uh, some special teams miscues, some stuff they can work out. Uh, it's That's, I guess, the biggest thing is it's not like we threw everything we had at them and just couldn't, do, couldn't come back with a win. It was missed field goals, bad clock management that they normally don't do. They had a bad day. It happens. Shake it off. And we're on to whoever we play next. I have no idea. Yeah, me neither. And any uh, Cowboys uh, Giants hot takes for tonight? I don't even want to watch this game. <laughs> Did you? Are you uh, upset that we uh, jinxed Aaron Judge and his home run wash since he hasn't homered since yes, you mentioned him? <laughs> I am. I, we shouldn't have even mentioned it. That was our fault. Sorry, everybody. Um, yeah, the the game tonight. If you can get yourself all jacked up for Cooper Rush versus Danny Dimes, good for you, man. You're you're a better football fan than I am, but I'll probably watch some of it. Wait, I mean. The reason these games all matter now is because of fantasy, right? So, like, I'll I'll I'll, I'll enter a, a DraftKings lineup tonight just to watch the game and be like, oh, here it is. But here it is. Anyway. I don't. I turned off the game last night. It was just too ugly. So I missed Jimmy Garoppolo backing out of his own end zone. Like, yeah, I did too. It just I, like I watched the first half and I was like, this just isn't enjoyable football to watch. And it had such promise, but oh my god, the execution was terrible. All right, let's switch gears a little bit. <clears throat> so. We've been covering this Elon Musk versus uh, Twitter takeover uh, thing for sure. a few months now. Uh, today, Mr. Hughson, did you know that Elon Musk is up in Delaware sitting for a deposition uh, from the Twitter lawyers for an upcoming case that's happening in October? So I don't really have anything because we don't know what Zazie being said here, but he has a history of being flippant. Uh, yes, and directly and in-your-face condescending to lawyers during much of his testimony in other places. So I'm just waiting for, like, some Musk quotes to come out for the next couple of days because this could last <laughs> for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday here. So that's kind of my biggest 
takeaway from the deposition because I can't imagine that he's going to like divulge anything that's going to whatever. Like I just feel like he's too smart to to tip his hand in any way for whatever whatever the case may be. Um, but this we'll keep track of this. Uh, um, uh, uh, you know this total lawsuit, I guess, whatever it is here from uh, Must Be Twitter that takes place October seventh. I think I was trying to read here, but yeah. um, I don't know. Like I said, I don't really uh, find anything. Uh, important yet i don't know if there's going to be any kind of uh news breaking drops other than just some some crazy musk quotes which are always fun i love musk he used to wins usually wins the internet on those kind of days so i expect him to be winning the internet by the end of my lunch actually i agree i'm oh no wait there's not it's not open to the media i don't think so maybe there's not maybe there'll have to be some leak Eh, i'm sure musk has some leaks but anyway he can work it out it'll be interesting um all right let's go to new york we have a couple stories here that are uh, kind of New York based here. First, I want to talk talk about our our former wonderful governor, maybe the second worst governor. I mean, we haven't really had that discussion, but holy moly! Um, Andrew Cuomo ducks House invite to testify about his nursing home death scandal. Interesting. He says he his, well, his spokesman said they never got that lost the invite got lost in the mail. Literally, that's what he said. He's like, oh, we never got it. Awesome. <laughs> Rich as a potty, such a dumbass. Um, but so, no, we kind of talked about this in real time when he was being dragged over the coals for his sexual allegations that the real reason or the real controversy should have been around his handling of the uh, nursing home deaths and uh, during the early months of COVID um, and his specific order basically sending COVID positive patients back into nursing homes for uh, care there to free up some uh, perceived need for beds for this rush of healthy people coming in with COVID illness that never happened. So not shocking here. Um, I do feel like, and we're going to get into another story here in a second with the the governor that uh, the cumulative effect of him, his name continually to pop up in the uh, news is a premonition of his desire to run for president in 2024. I mean, everybody's running for the Democrats for president in 2024. He's on the list. There I mean, him, him and Newsom, um, I already told you that I feel like the, the Dems are going to try to get Newsom to be there so that they can disqualify Kamala because they both can't live in California right. by, by rule. So um, maybe Kamala comes, well, I guess not probably, but after what we're going to read next about Cuomo's uh, bashing of Biden. But I don't know what to make of this. Clearly, he's in rehab mode trying to change some of the narrative um, and obviously didn't want to testify in this case because any statements made here could be used against him in the uh the uh, campaign or a future campaign but i don't know anything you want to mention uh about this specifically about the this dude and this scumbag governor cuomo i mean was, we covered this at length while it was happening of this was the 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 wrongdoing the actual ordering of the people into the nursing home you could justify at the time it was new we thought coronavirus was going to basically be the spanish flu times a thousand everybody was in a panic and we were really worried we were going to overwhelm hospitals all right cool what definitely should have been the undoing was the subsequent cover-up, removing it unceremoniously from the website, taking the executive order away, outright lying about ever having they had froze, the order. They froze, They froze. And then getting your top aide, Melissa DeRose? DeLaRosa, yeah. DeLaRosa. On audio tape acknowledging we froze, we were worried about a DOJ investigation, so we lied. Like... I don't know how much more of a smoking gun you want, guys. That that was it. So I, the, the idea that this man did not get booted from office for legitimately causing the death of who knows how many um, senior citizens and then having his own Department of Health investigate themselves and found they did nothing wrong. Like, what O.J. Simpson style of justice do we have in this state right now where you're like, uh, do, you, do you think you guys screwed up and caused some deaths? Like, we'll look into it. Thorough investigation revealed nothing. So that is a travesty in the name of justice. But I hope that if he does run for president, we get to talk about this more because I still don't feel like we have uh, justice was served in this case. Um, what was the, the smacking fannies and killing grannies? Is yeah. that, that was the campaign slogan. So yeah. I just, I, I can't fathom it. And you know what? Good. More people need to be aware of it and more people need to know. Yeah, like I said, so I'm, I'm actually with you. Hopefully he runs for president so we can have a couple more episodes about this and try to draw more attention to the fact that he mismanaged it instead of like, he's going to run as literally going to try to run as a hero. 
he's going to run as America's governor to be America's president. And yeah. I will at least be one voice that is consistently and regularly pointing out how terrible of a job he did in New York State. Hashtag me too. <laughs> All right. So. Oh, God. I don't like when you get that look on <laughs> your face. Well, so this is uh, more Cuomo news. Awesome. Let me read a, a headline from the Washington Examiner. Quote, unquote, heartbreaking is uh, from Cuomo. Cuomo blasts Biden and Pelosi for abandoning him amid scandal. So he mentions Biden, Pelosi, and Obama by name, Schumer and Gillibrand by name, and basically insinuates that they all left him, uh, you know, bag-holding after he, uh, um, he says, said nobody, he said it was tough, traumatizing, Cuomo said when asked which friends stood by him as he fended off accusations of sexual impropriety, which he vehemently denied. He's like, Biden is a friend of 20 years, not knowing details immediately said about me. This is all quoting uh, Cuomo here. Um, you know, he's got to go. He's like, and Biden had his own troubles and he stood by, he stood by Cuomo stood by Biden during his uh, uh, allegations as well. So we're, we're seeing, I mean, like I said, I don't think Cuomo represents too much of the current administration because he's been kind of pushed out by them. So, like, I don't know if he's trying to form his own wing within the Democrat Party here to try to, you know, he's not going to be on the, the, I don't think he's going to be the progressive wing of the, the Democrat Party, even though he likes to pretend that he uh, did. But I don't even think the progressives like him. So They don't. I don't know what he's trying to do and where he's trying to go, but clearly coming out and... uh positioning himself away from Biden, Pelosi, Obama, and th that group. Uh, I don't know if there's a big enough lane for that group there, especially with all the stuff that we're going to hammer him over and everybody else is going to hammer him over for, for months while running. But he's definitely not going away. No, uh, listen. I mean, he clearly knew this was going to get in the news, right? Yes. So he is not in the good graces of whoever is running the Democrat party right now. But Not to be fair, all. neither is Joe Biden. All right. Like imagine if you're the guy trying to prop up Joe Biden for all these speeches. And every time that dude inhales, you like start to tremble. Of, oh my God. What is he going to say now? I just going to sound a little ridiculous. I feel kind of bad for that guy. That's got to be a very stressful endeavor. If your job is to make sure Joe Biden doesn't do anything stupid. It's just a thankless job. But on the flip side, you're basically ruining the country. So I don't feel that bad for you. Um, Andrew Cuomo coming out and saying this is like, hey, when it got shown that Joe Biden forcibly assaulted a staffer, I stood by him and then I smack a few women on the behind and he can't even stand by me is a is a bold strategy, I guess. Like, uh, all right, no honor amongst thieves, I guess. Um, I Go with it. But I can't believe how unpopular... Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, Chuck, Sh I can't believe how unpopular these people actually are. And you could see the stranglehold they have on the power in that nobody likes them, nobody wants them, but we all accept that they are unmovable. That's weird. That's very, very weird. Something is wrong with that picture. Uh, do you know a single person that's like, you know who I really love? Chuck Schumer. Great dude. I mean, unfortunately. Okay, outside of politicians, do you know anybody <laughs> that would say that? Um, they might say like, "Oh, we gotta have yeah, somebody," I mean, yeah. but nobody's I mean, like, "Oh my God, I like, I want to, I love him. He's my favorite. Like, I know he's he's there for us, and he's gonna stand up." And, like, no, they just are like, he's an effective politician, and he's the reason the Democrats are winning something. Yeah. Nobody likes him. No, I'm mean, listen. He's definitely not. You know, he's that's a terrible measure for popularity. Is Chuck Schumer for sure? Um, but he, like, it's New York, and I think most people have just accustomed to knowing that, like, as you point out, that he's a it's effective New York, politician. And he has the Wall Street money. So that's why he is an unmovable force in this state, because he controls the outflows from Wall Street to every other race. Here's a good quote from your governor. The phrase, quote-unquote, political friends is an oxymoron. <laughs> That's him, right, as he's bashing Obama and Pelosi. So I'm not going to get any more of that. But anyway, I find it interesting that I'm pretty sure our, our governor is trying to position himself, whether or not, you know, we will not be shocked when the exploratory committee comes out for Governor Cuomo's run for 2024. Because um, I don't think he's going back for governor. Do you? you don't think he's going to go back for governor, do you? Nah. Like, it's going to be president, right? I mean. If he runs at all. If, if he, he tries. If he runs at all, I think he might, depending on how bad the next race goes. Uh, I Assuming don't, if, if Hoka loses. If Lee Zeldin wins. 
I can see Cuomo coming back and being like, all right, guys, let's get in. Because New York's a stronghold. And if he comes back, then he gets to move. Then he gets to step forward. I guess. So I could see that. I think the ultimate, it is any path to the presidency that he can figure out. Yeah, because he could come back and pretty much take like a partial term, right? As New York governor and then just run immediately. What was it again in 2028? Yeah. So, all right. Well, that'll be interesting. I'm sure we'll be on episode 220. We'll talk about Cuomo's run for president or there something, whatever it is. So. All right. Um, more New York news, I guess. Um, we're in a state of emergency from our governor for polio. Are we? Yeah. I didn't even know. Yeah. Uh, so she's some, some health emergency. Um, polio virus is spreading in New York. Here's what you need to know. This is uh, from Science News. Now, this is a outbreak, whatever. They, they've been uh, finding it in wastewater samples basically so they just do these random general tests on massive amounts of wastewater and therefore they're getting these these positive hitbacks um the one case that they have that they're using as um the only measurable i guess it's the only data point they have is one sure. case was a vaccine derived case of polio uh mr Husong, which was basically a part of the live virus that is used in other countries as the uh vaccine um Gave this gentleman actual polio positive case, and he uh, was from out of the country and came here to New York City and was part of this wastewater sample and somehow got uh, uh, a more precise sample, and he has tested positive for polio, no no symptoms or anything. Um, but it's a vaccine-derived case of polio. So are we in a state of emergency for vaccine-derived illnesses? I mean, this is, I mean, like I said, I'm not a polio vaccine expert. I kind of read through some of this that we, uh, the United States stopped using this form of uh, polio vaccine decades ago, I feel like, um, but it's still used in other countries. And therefore, sometimes the live virus vaccine can mutate back into a symptomatic form of the virus. So I don't know that we're in emergency. Um, this is supposed to be in combination with the fact that there's a, uh, lowering rates of polio vaccinations occurring uh specifically in new york and new york city and this i wonder what caused that <laughs> and this emergence of uh, uh polio their fear is that the live virus even though the 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 vaccine derived uh illness could spread to people who are unvaccinated against all of the polio stuff so i i find it weird and more than uh, it, the timing of this is is weird. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, sure is. I mean, I don't want to get my tinfoil hat on or anything, but uh, that's odd that suddenly this disease that was pretty much eradicated is... Uh, and it's right in the article here, so I'm going to read it. Public health officials found the case was caused by what's called a vaccine-derived poliovirus. Um, again, it's derived from the mutation or the the virus of the live virus vaccine being tested positive in this in this one individual so this is in rockland county so a little bit downstate here so and then you know because she's our savior new york governor kathy hochul declared a state of emergency on september 9th to expand the access to polio vaccination statewide so there we go she's a problem solver i love the excuses these idiots come up with as to why it's happening yeah and you know that you know, this is just general uh, state of emergency stuff is whatever she needs, wants to do for certain things. She doesn't need approval from the legislature to do these things in a state of emergency. So I'm sure there's some craziness, you know, going on behind the scenes that we'll never know about. But yeah. Um, Listen, her donors aren't going to enrich themselves. OK, she needs to get stuff done to make sure that those people get paid. I guess. Shut up, surf. Do your job. So let's talk about more. uh illnesses and world calamities. So do you know who Jeffrey Sachs is? No. So he's a mainstream, uh, I would call establishment economist. He's on MSNBC. I mean, he makes the rounds, right? Yeah. So if you saw his face, you would definitely know who sure. he was. Um, and he's been around since I remember like skimming through MSNBC and being like, oh, this guy. And he's a, a lefty, you know, whatever, uh, you know, at least seems to come from that side of the uh, political aisle for the most part. But he was part of a, uh, a group and chair of that group, actually. Um, and he released a, uh, so there's the, uh, it's a COVID-19 commission that he chaired. 
And he asserts that not only is the lab leak almost a certainty, that he says it's feasible that SARS-CoV-2 emerged from a U.S. lab. <laughs> the one in North Carolina for uh, right. the one, the, if anybody's uh, interested in, in going down that uh, hole there. So, you know, immediately everybody came out attacking this dude. Um, I don't, it, it's sounds like wrong think for sure. And it's hard because of the source. Like I'm, I'm perplexed on how, how to, how to take this information because like, I mean, this was a two years investigation. So it wasn't like this was just some, you know, he was like willy nilly being like, Oh, you know, I saw this, whatever. So I, I don't know what to, to make of that. Um, you know, China asserted that from the beginning, basically like, though this, this, yeah, this is a lab. Like this came from, U.S. lab, that was their basic assertion. Everybody, and I, all everybody in here was like, well, you're crazy. It's in Wuhan. What are you talking about, right? right. So you got a lab right there. And so, I mean, listen, you want to play the the conspiracy? Uh, yeah, there was military games going on uh, in China at that time, and uh, maybe the U.S. brought that over there and, you know, whatever at that time, and they did it. So, I, you know, I'm not going to say one way or the other, but I find it super intriguing that this person specifically, I'm like, this was... Robert F. Kennedy, for example, coming out saying this, or you know, What's whatever. So, Dell Big, Dell Big, right? The, these all guys, you would you would read it and you'd be like, oh, that's an, you know interesting. Maybe you'd check out the data, but the fact that it came from this establishment character, who again makes the rounds in all of the mainstream media, made me read it again and be like, what the hell's going on here? So, um, I mean, this is a commission outdone by the Lancet, right? So this is not like uh, some flyby night, right? Operation. It's a it's a if at the beginning of the if the of the beginning of the pandemic this had come out with these characters like under the Trump watch mm-hmm. like it would have been a totally different story right like it it would have been a you know under Trump's watch the lab leak the, the leak from the North Carolina whatever they could have they could have painted any way they spun it any way they want so I don't know that it's coming from the U S lab but I, this is not the first time I've heard this and um, I don't know. I just wanted to make sure that everybody else was aware that uh, some people in the mainstream actually think even more conspiratorial than we even are. So, I I don't know. Do you have any hot takes on the uh, (laughs) lab leak, the SARS-CoV-2 coming from U.S.? How shocked would you really be if the United States government leaked a deadly pathogen, brought it to another country where it was discovered, and then blamed the other country? And said, no, it was them. We had nothing to do with it. Like, if that 50 years from now turns out to be true, how shocked am I supposed to be? Does that really sound like something that's just beyond the pale of what we would do as a country at all? No. I mean, I feel like that wouldn't even crack the top 10 of the most ridiculous conspiracies. Our government On episode 350, we'll be discussing Operation... Right. Whatever, Speed Warp, which right. was the, uh, the uh, undermining of Operation uh, whatever... Trump was. Let me just say this. If this turns out to be true, I'm taking a victory lap. And I'm going to look at all you people that called me a conspiracy theory, conspiracy theorist, and I'm going to laugh at you and be like, ha, it was, the problem wasn't that I was gone too far. It was that I didn't go far enough. Because I just looked at it and was like, it obviously came from a lab, and I assumed that lab was the one in Wuhan, China. But if it turns out it was actually this, and all you people that told me it was crazy, I'm going to laugh. Like, the problem wasn't that I was not... Or the problem was not that I was too conspiratorial in my thinking. It's that I was not conspiratorial enough. Low ball. I gave the government too much credit. That's yeah. weird to say out loud. Yeah. And this is, uh, I'm, I'm reading through this uh, ar- ar- uh, article here to um, Professor Sachs, Jeffrey Sachs, the person we're talking about. They say, stood by his previous comments, adding that he personally oversaw his the, the, this part of the work on the emergence of SARS-CoV-2. Last summer, he disbanded an initial task force led by Peter Daszak, from EcoHealth Alliance uh, fame, uh, amid concerns it was too biased towards the natural origin hypothesis. So he was part of this initial group and disbanded that group because he realized the people involved in that group were basically driving a certain narrative and weren't actually doing any investigation. So Had a vested uh, interest in the outcome of the investigation. That, uh, to say the least. So um, here we are. Maybe we'll uh, get more of this uh, kind of information coming out here, but um, I don't know. Go check out Major COVID... <laughs> Report suggests virus could have leaked from U.S. lab. Hmm. Knocked me over with a feather. 
crazy times, man. Crazy effing times. All right. I hate it when I give the government too much credit. I should really <laughs> know better by now. All right. And now let's, again, stick with New York. Um, where is this? Here it is. Major defeat for vaccine mandates as NYPD ordered to reinstate fired cops. So, as you all know, New York Police Department is uh, under a uh, vaccine mandate right now. Um, that has been tried. Uh, several lawsuits have been uh, 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 tried to overturn this, and we'll get into even uh, uh, more. Another one uh, just recently going to end up in the Supreme Court here, and we'll get to that next. Um, but this is a New York State Supreme Court, so this is... If you guys don't know, New York does it completely backwards. The Supreme Court is the basic base Initial level. Initial court. Yeah, so it's the entry-level court here. So this will be appealed, I'm almost certain, uh, to a higher court. But New York State Supreme Court Judge Lyle Frank on Friday ruled in favor of the PBA, which cheered the decision as a victory for officers' rights. So this is uh, the judge found the New York City's overstepped its bounds by firing police officers who defend who defied its COVID vaccine mandate, ordered that they be given their jobs back. So I'm assuming the city's going to appeal this to a, to a higher court. Naturally. But at least a temporary victory for uh, this. And again, the, the more, I feel like the more this gets into the, 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 the universe, the world, everybody starts talking about this, the, the better. Um, because I feel like most people have realized that the mandates were a, a major, major mistake um, in multiple levels. And the people who are still sticking to that are basically just, you know, entrenched into a position un, unwilling to change. So, um, I don't know, first thoughts on the, uh, the, the baby step here that the uh, officers are being reinstated? It's just such a clear and obvious decision. Like there's no, there's, they have no basis for mandating this. They like, hey guys, we they have a union. You have to negotiate with the union to do anything. This isn't new information. So I I love the mental gymnastics this causes in people that are like super pro union, and they're like everything the union's got to have this. And I'm listen, I got family that that is like this, and it's like oh well the, they made more money, so obviously the workers need to get more of it. Of like oh okay, it's an interesting theory of economics, but fine, all right, whatever. I disagree with you, but everybody's entitled to your opinion. Uh, and now, because the union actually is doing what a union is supposed to do, these people are going to be all up in arms. And I, th- I think that's funny. I appreciate the fact that I have friends and family that are the most pro. Like, there is no amount of power a union could have that would be too much that are now mad at the judge, in this case, for rendering this decision. I think it's fantastic. Hashtag, I'm in. hashtag me too. It's, it's it, This is so fun to debate people in politics right now because there is no way to be at all consistent. Like, oh, this is so wrong. I can't believe they're like, wait, so the union shouldn't be able to do this? No, absolutely not. This is a pandemic. Like, But the union, why does it exist? Like, y- you want them to keep getting more power, and some of us have been pointing out for years, like, hey, public sector unions seem to have a disproportionate amount of power and a disproportionate amount of sway over the way things are going. This might not be optimal, and then you get called a greedy corporatist or some other such thing. We're like, no, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying they shouldn't exist. You maybe hate workers, a little ben. less power. Maybe, maybe they shouldn't be an entity in and of themselves that are swaying national elections. You just hate workers. Obviously. If there's anything I, you could fairly say about me, is that I hate the working man. Stop employing people, Ben. <laughs> so let's uh, pivot a little bit here uh, to another case. Uh, NYPD officer's case against vaccine mandate moves forward in Supreme Court. So this is a case brought by Anthony Marciano. Um, had to be an Italian. NYPD detective. Uh, so this was submitted originally to um, Justice Sona Sotomayor, and she rejected it as an emergency request. And the lawyer for Anthony Marciano resubmitted this to Justice Clarence Thomas, who accepted it. And so, new life for the uh, case um, is set to be reviewed by the justices in an October 7th conference. Uh, so, a couple weeks here. Um, I, f- I want to be optimistic. These things have been shot down pretty much everywhere. Um, clearly, there was a, you know, a tip of the hat by Thomas in one of these dissenting opinions that I believe kind of like, made it clear that like, Hey, you know, if I was going to be, you know, deciding this thing, I would be citing it differently. Um, do we have hope here that the, uh, vaccine mandates, uh, 
I mean, I don't think they're going away forever, but I feel like I think they're going away forever. Oh, okay. That's that. We're it's not going to happen immediately, but we're definitely on that path. And do you sure. think this? Do you think this is part of the trigger of that? I mean, do you think this case? I mean, I, you know, again, I don't know enough about the case specifics on the merits of the case. Um, just you know, general ideas. I'm assuming we get to this this point. It's pretty buttoned up. Um, do we need a Supreme Court ruling to at least? I don't know. Is that is that enough to keep vaccine mandates from being a thing? I think the threat of litigation is enough to make most employers not want to get involved. And not because they don't think they can win or anything else, but because I, <sighs> litigation involves discovery. And you got to turn over a lot of stuff. It is very costly. And here's the thing. The big white-collar law firms, they know how to milk every dollar out of you. That's why all these cases always are ridiculous amounts of pre-trial pleadings back and forth, a ton of discovery, depositions, everything, so they get all those billable hours. And then, miraculously, they settle just before trial every single time because that's not where the lawyers are going to make all their money. That They have to actually be like realistic with their billable hours and not count every eight minutes as a full 45. Not that that ever happens. And the thing, the corporations know they do it. It's not like it's a big secret. It's, it's about, it's an open secret, but the lawyers are worth it because they're going to finagle and they're going to work the system and they're going to benefit their clients. So they don't want to get involved. These corporate, and you think about it now of how widely unpopular these vaccine mandates are amongst people. You're not garnering any public support by having it. It's not like I'm more likely to shop at Walmart if I know they're mandating all their vac- all their employees be vaccinated. And neither are you and neither is the average person. Like, it's just the data's not there. So what is the upside for them to do this? Initially, it was. Initially, it was they could claim that, and it looked like that was the popular move, which is why they did it. But now the tide is turning, and they have no incentive to keep going. So you're telling me I'm going to do something that is going to cost me workers ultimately, is not going to play well publicly any longer, and is going to involve the threat of litigation that might actually proceed well past a motion to dismiss? What am I doing this for? Yeah, I mean, listen, you know. Even if their personal beliefs are that they should be, you're, you know, maybe that, you know, economic risk or professional risk, whatever is, is too great. But I, I don't know. I don't want to get too optimistic because, again, they've been shot down every single time and we still have vaccine mandates to this day. And not only do I think that the vaccine mandate should go away, but everybody who was fired should be reinstated instantaneously if they want. You know, I don't know if somebody wants to go back to work for a company that was willing to fire them or not, but... um if there was ever, you know, I don't think any like licenses were ever in jeopardy or anything like that. But, you know, if they want their jobs back, people should should be able to get those jobs back too. So, um, I don't know. Again, we'll keep an eye on uh, this because, like I said, I, I want I want you to be right that this these go away forever. I think it's listen. It's a it's on a scale of time, so it's a matter of when. Because if you're reading the tea leaves and all the other data supports the idea that the vaccine, um, support is way down. The mandate support was was only ever a slim majority. Like, the people that were in favor of it never had an overwhelming majority, and that was going to go away. Now it's it's beyond that. It's that the vaccine itself is coming into question, which is only going to make the mandates look more ridiculous with time. Yeah. Well, you shared an article with me talking about uh, the lack of uh, participation in the new uh, new booster shot. So uh, are you saying that just the idea that uh, – I mean, is it all, is it all really just, uh, you know, perception at this point that the, everybody, the, the real people have figured out that the vaccine doesn't work and the boosters really don't work and that finally the people in power have realized that the people know this? Like, cause I mean, the people in power had to have known this thing wasn't working. They had the data first, right? I mean, whether yeah. or not they wanted to acknowledge it or not is totally different, but people are definitely not getting the booster. No, the the article that we that you're talking about reflects that. All right, they came out with these Omicron specific booster shots, and that's that anybody we recommend them to everybody over the age of twelve, and you should get it as soon as you are two months removed from your last shot. All right, fine. And now they've done the math, and it looks like less than two percent of people who they are recommending get the shot have gotten it. And they talk about how, well, it's just, it's bad communication. It's, they, they didn't brand it correctly. And Joe Biden saying the, the mandate or the pandemic is over is sending conflicting signature, uh, signals. And my favorite of, 
They didn't do a good job of telling people that they could do this now. That that was the problem. No, I'm sorry. That ain't the reason 98%. It's me and you, Ben. We're the problem. That's that. We're not the reason 98% <laughs> of people did anything. All right? It's just, that's not reality. Sorry, guys. Um, I think it goes back to the, I think it was Abraham Lincoln. You can fool all the people some of the time, some of the people all the time. You can't fool all the people all the time. And at some point, the the goods have been exposed, and the emperor has no clothes. So once it becomes that obvious, I got people coming up to me now telling me, like, I, I mean, I, I, I got shot, I got boosted, and then I got COVID. It's the weirdest thing. And I'm looking back at him like, yeah, real mystery. But when that starts happening, when now it's no longer, if this was still getting support, like initially everybody was going out and getting vaccinated. Like they had full support of everything and everybody and everybody was on board. To go from that to 2%, that's telling. That means that you no longer have that support, all right? And it's not a messaging problem. It's not a problem with your promotion or your marketing or your conflicting messaging. It's people coming to the realization that what you're selling doesn't work. And so at some point, people stop buying it. And that's also reflected in the young children uh, uptake, where they now open it up for six months to five years of age. Same thing, less than 2% of that age group is vaccinated. So the obvious messaging from the public is we don't trust this any longer. We, we no longer believe that you are acting in good faith. I have never seen an organization or an entity torch its credibility faster than CDC has. I, sorry, but if you're recommending this and only 2% of people are, are doing this, I mean, Jesus, you get more people than that to exercise daily. You can't even get 2% of people to go get another shot that you are saying everybody needs to have. I, you're done. We aren't listening to you any longer. You have torched your credibility. You can blame me. You can blame the people that have spreading COVID misinformation. But the problem is we were right. And you were wrong. And we were pointing out that you were wrong and that it was overwhelmingly likely that you were wrong. And now you have continued to use every shred of credibility you once had because you didn't have science on your side. You didn't have results on your side. All you had was the credibility to, to go on your name to sell snake oil. Well, there's a reason snake oil salesmen move from town to town. Speaking of snake oil salesmen, Mr. Husung, Pfizer CEO Albert Borla tests positive for COVID-19 again. <laughs> you, you hate to see it. I wish him what, well. This is a clown world. I mean, he says he has no symptoms, whatever. Uh, he actually didn't get the new booster yet because he wasn't, whatever, three weeks removed from his positive test, oh my God. whatever. So... I don't know. I just figured I would throw that out there into the world for us, uh, for the viewers. So, so I mean, and this is where going back earlier, like there's fewer people getting polio vaccines now. Listen, this is predictable because we realize you've been lying to us about this. It's a natural question to go, oh my God, what else have you been lying about? What is, is it all nonsense? Have I just been putting my faith in this? And the reality is I do think there's a much better risk profile for polio vaccines and much greater efficacy demonstration. Like you've been able to show this. I still, I understand why the people who are opposed to it, I get their point of view. I, I really genuinely do. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I'm not going to tell them they're wrong. Like, I, I understand how conflicting this actually can be. But when you do this, you, you've torched your credibility. I, I, like, I've never seen any, uh, think about pre-COVID. Did you ever have any reason to second guess the CDC or the uh, FDA? Yeah, I mean, other than, you know, I watched some things about Fauci and the AIDS thing way back in the day and sure. knew, there were, knew there was some shadiness going on. So it wasn't like they were at the top of my list. I think all federal agencies should be disbanded. All right, so you're probably the wrong person. The, yeah. the average person on the street who's <laughs> probably not a full-blown right, conspiracy yes. theorist for the last 20 years had no reason to other than the fact that they completely botched the food pyramid. Like, that was the biggest scandal the FDA ever had. And instead, now it's now it's a joke. Like Fen they, Fen was pretty bad. <laughs> That was pretty bad. That's fair. Go ahead. The opioid epidemic was also pretty bad and still going. Anyways, all this stuff happens, and it's now it's in public, and now you have just demonstrated pure incompetence. So no, now vaccine uptake is going to go down, and people are going to start questioning everything you're saying because you have demonstrated you have absolutely no problem lying to people. And once you establish that you have absolutely no problem lying to someone's face, you don't get to turn around and be like, I just don't understand why these people don't trust me anymore. You know whose fault it is? It's the person who pointed out the lie. Because if they didn't point out the lie, we could have done it. No. So it's your fault again, Ben. I, I mean, ultimately, I guess so. I'm, very, I'm, I'm a danger to public health. Heathen. All right. Well, I'll remind the folks at home one last time to uh, 
like, share, and subscribe to us here. Uh, we uh, One well, last thought. Oh, yeah, that. go ahead. They tested the boosters specific to Omicron on eight mice. That's it. And then you're wondering why people aren't taking it. Again, they have no data to back it up. They have no results to show for it. People so are you're saying you're saying the people should or they should listen to the people who tested on eight mice versus the person who pointed out they should test it on eight mice. I, you should stop listening to all these people. They're all full of it. But this is the problem. You can't fool all the people all the time. And with every successive ruse that you pull on these people, they get more skeptical. And you get more bold. That's what's really remarkable about this. Of Initially, they at least took the time to run a trial. Now, they completely misrepresented the results, and they had the government rubber stamp the approval process, which was heinous. But the next one, they didn't test it on a large-scale study. They did it on like 50 people and they didn't test outcomes. They tested titers. I'm like, oh, yep, yeah, see, we've got to look at that immune response. Now you're not even testing on people because you know you can't get the results. So again, you leveraged the credibility of these institutions that people for the most part had absolute faith in up until now. And you sold it on that. And now that that's not working, that means the reputation no longer has any value. It has fallen into the same category of the data, of the results, and of all the evidence, it's not there any longer. That credibility is gone. That's why vaccine uptake is so low and will continue to be so low because at some point when you try to tell some poor guy, hey, go get your shot, and he does and does it. All right, good job. Now, But you got to get a booster to protect everybody else and protect yourself because it'll, it'll reduce your likelihood of severe illness. Like, all right, I'll go get a booster. Cool. And then they get COVID and get sick for eight days anyway, and then they come back and you're like, you know what you need? Another shot. I'm like, uh, wait, wait, why? At some point, you're allowed to ask a question. At some point, you're allowed to go, wait, 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 why am I doing this? I, I got the shot, I got sicker than hell, then I got COVID and felt sicker than hell again, then I got a booster and felt sicker than hell again, and you want me to get another shot? Duh. Hard pass. All right. So now I'll encourage everybody to uh, remind everybody to like, share, and subscribe to the channel. Uh, hopefully we are still on YouTube. I don't know. Maybe. Oh With that rant, no way. We're done. <laughs> um, and before we move into the, uh, the the last topic here, I will, uh, I, for those of you uh, folks playing at home uh, with the uh, bottom graphics card, no, I mis, uh, mislined up our, our topic. So we're, we're going to the last one here. So if you're uh, paying at home, go. we're going to abolish the FBI here. But you sent me this article. Well, not this exact article, but one citing this exact same story. I have the LA Times pulled up here. FBI misled judge who signed warrant for Beverly Hills seizure of $86 million in cash. So this was a, uh, uh, a judge basically gave a warrant to the FBI, and they went through um, a, a bunch of, like, safe deposit boxes, right, and uh, basically rummaged through because un under the guise that they knew that there was somebody was hiding some uh, goods that were uh, – from some kind of drug uh, running uh, 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 activities. I, Go ahead. I got this. Go ahead. So this is in a strip mall. This place <laughs> exists, and it's a retinal scan to get you into your specific locker. Gotcha. And so they had drug dealers absolutely using this, and the best part was they didn't prove this yet, but they think there was a precious metal shop next door that they were using to launder the money so they could exchange the cash for some gold or some silver, put it in their Sounds like a Netflix documentary. Sounds yeah, like a Netflix series. It's amazing that you put it in a strip mall. Like, you're not even <laughs> pretending like you want to be taken seriously as a, as a bank or anything. You're like, yeah, just we're going to go in between this supercuts and uh, sales donuts. I, I Legitimately, it was next to a supercuts. So I'm not making that part up. It was awesome. But as it turns out, some rich people who were not committing crimes but just wanted a secure thing for their cash or whatever else also were using it. And when they started using it, the FBI then sought a warrant to just go get it all. But they lied on the warrant, and they didn't say that. They said there was, there was reasonable belief that they were going after a crime. But the reality is they didn't know what crime was being committed. They didn't know what these, what these goods were the ill-gotten gains from. It was a fishing expedition or for every box in the building. Every box. In the building. And I swear to God, if one person is like, well, if you're not doing anything illegal, you're going to worry about. Shut up. No, that is not how this works. 
The government is not allowed to do this. They are not allowed to go on fishing expeditions to try to see if you've committed a crime by invading every line of your personal life. It's not the way it works. And there's a reason it's not how it works. Because if that's how it works, the system is corrupt and will be run to a corrupt point, which it is right now. Sorry, I wanted to get that off. Yeah, no. And as you said, I'll point out to the the one, the the, the lie that they're being pointed out to was just that, right? So uh, they omitted from their, this is the FBI, they omitted from their warrant request as a central part of the FBI's plan, permanent confiscation of everything inside every box containing at least 5,000 in cash or goods, um, according to a senior FBI agent. So that's the part. The actual activity that they wanted to do is the part that they actually omitted from their their warrant request. So we've right. been pounding on the FBI here. This is a, I mean, eighty six million dollars is a, a gigantic haul for a bunch of you know legalized plunder here, and we can talk about all the stuff that we've talked about from Hunter Biden to Governor Whitmer to anything in between with the FBI. Like, the this is just another, yeah, this is just another example of how this is a rogue organization. They're, 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 not, they're not abiding by any of the law that are in place to kind of regulate them, and they should be abolished. This, and we're going to get to more. This is just the beginning of our little rant here, but um, this was a new, I have two whistleblower stories that I was going to mention next, but when does uh, critical mass hit here? We just mentioned the CDC credibility, uh, uh, you know, in free fall. The FBI is in free fall as well. I mean, I don't know who's free falling faster. I mean, CDC right now the FBI is... the is... leader in the clubhouse, but the <laughs> FBI is definitely closing the gap. Like, that, let's... They're, they're on the back nine, and they're coming in firing. Um, I mean, this is a crazy. This is crazy. I mean, they said, we, we already talked about how they lied on the Carter page on the FISA warrant for there, too. So this is not like some new, like, they clearly they have a history of lying to judges to get warrants to just do what they want to do. Once is happenstance, twice is coincidence, three times is enemy activity. All right, at some point, it's a pattern. At some point, this is just the way business is done at the FBI. This is what happens when people get drunk on power. Power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely powerful men. Great men, therefore, are generally bad men. All right? That's the full quote. And it's very accurate. So you let these people have FISA warrants where they didn't even have to disclose what they were doing, and they ran with it because they have this feeling of moral superiority. We are the good guys. We are the law enforcement agencies that are protecting these innocent civilians from terrorists. And drug dealers and yeah, and conspiracy I, and, theorists. And that leads me right into this first of the two whistleblowers. So I'll read that. This is again from, uh, where do I got? Washington Times. FBI, FBI whistleblower. Counterterrorism cases against alleged right-wing extremists, mostly entrapment. So this, you know, on the what we just kind of mentioned on the Governor Whitmer stuff, basically the FBI is in the business of foiling their own FBI plots to use a Liberty Memes quote, right? So this is... The FBI creating a problem so that they can fix the problem, which, you know, we can point to any leg of the government, which is that's their, their literally their strong suit. But they're creating a uh, domestic terrorism problem just so that they can crack down on the domestic terrorism problem. And this Kyle Serafin is the uh, FBI agent of six years who uh, recently suspended by the Bureau because he, you know, spoke truth. Pointed out the wrongdoing. Yeah. Um, and said he was part of the counterterrorism uh, division and, you know, basically says there's a plot within the FBI to manufacture white supremacists and domestic extremists. And now we'd already talked about how the January 6th thing is there. Um, say I would put the Governor Whitmer thing in that same class as uh, reasons to expand some version of the Patriot Act, a domestic uh, version of the Patriot Act, which is already well underway. So one example of uh, whistleblower here, and then I have another here, and then I'll get your response to the uh, uh, whistleblowers. This whistleblower's name, uh, let me get it right here, Steve Friend. Bombshell allegations by FBI Special Agent Steve Friend contained in a whistleblower complaint filed late Wednesday with the Department of Justice Inspector. Um, It alleges the uh, persecution of American conservatives. So basically, again, a, a whistleblower pointing out that uh, those who disagree with the establishment, however you may line up politically, is uh, you know it doesn't matter. But as long as you're uh, uh, opposed to the uh, establishment, there you're going to be labeled a domestic terrorist and uh, part of the FBI's basically 
investigation. So again, more evidence, uh, whatever that the, you know, at least people within the FBI seemingly, I mean, I don't know if they can save it at this point, but these whistleblowers are at least coming out and attempting to shed light on the, uh, the fact that the FBI is a rogue agent agency, but it is a rogue agency basically trying to annihilate political uh, enemies. Yeah, I, listen, the only thing I could think is, like, why would you want a domestic Patriot Act if you're in the FBI? Like, why would you want it? And I think the answer is because you're already using the Patriot Act domestically, and if you get caught, you could get in trouble. So if it's legal, then it's okay. So you're trying to get that to be okay to justify what, that which you are already doing. That's my guess. Because <laughs> I, I know that it's being used to spy on American citizens. There's no question about that. And I, you could definitely see the pattern developing at the FBI of it's – it's just gone off the rails and whatever is accepted at this point. And I don't know if it's because of leadership. I don't know if it's just the inevitable decline of any agency that is vested with that much power. I don't know if it's a bunch of people trying to justify their own existence and their paychecks. I don't know, but I do know that the idea that we are being overrun by far right racist domestic terrorists is so laughable that I, I lack the words and I, just, I genuinely, like, the demand for racism far exceeds the supply in the country. I'm not telling you there's not racist. There absolutely are. But I'm also telling you there's way more people that are not. Like, it's and it's not, it's not a close ratio. So they always tell you, like, there's this many new far-right racist groups. And, yeah, okay, it's probably true. And, again, I am firmly on the record of I don't want to stop them from speaking. I don't want to stop them from being who they are. I want to know. If you just hate black people, I want to know. I'm going to choose to not associate with you at that point, but I would rather know that in advance. It's just my my opinion. We don't need to censor these people. So from the FBI's perspective, the reason that they're doing this is because they can, because this is what's being manufactured. This is what's being trumped up as if it's some huge threat to democracy. Meanwhile, like we were talking about earlier, in this wonderful democracy of ours, we can't get entrenched politicians out of office. It's not. It's like a non-starter to get Mitch McConnell defeated in Kentucky. It's a non-starter to get Chuck Schumer out of power in New York. It, you can't do it. It's not possible. So how you can much vote for Diane Sayre. What's that? Diane Sayre. She's running against Chuck Schumer. Oh, see, didn't even know who she was. <laughs> I'm um, kidding. That's what I mean. Like it's and it's a joke that we have this to this extent. So the FBI now is is doing the bidding of the establishment of quelling any legitimate opposition because immediately when you call somebody a domestic terror and it comes with the fbi a domestic terrorists the fbi has that credibility right now they're not going to for much longer because they're doing the same thing the fda and the cdc did they're, they're literally they're jumping the shark might be the best analogy for it of they're, they're just taking it to a point of absurdity where you're going to start laughing at them and that is, in my humble opinion, the correct response is I laugh at these people now. Like the CDC comes out with a recommendation, I just laugh at them. I'm like, ah, you guys are adorable. I'm not doing anything. No, I'm good. Because they've demonstrated they shouldn't be trusted. They've demonstrated that they will get stuff wrong and then never correct it. Yeah, so let me read. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not going to read all these allegations here. If you want to go to the uh, New York Post article, I linked it in the uh, show notes there. But um, So this is the main allegation. is The Washington, D.C. field office is manipulating FBI case management protocol and farming out January 6 cases to field offices across the country to create a false impression that right-wing domestic violence is a widespread national problem that goes far beyond the black swan event of January, and quote-unquote black swan event of January 6, 2021. So he's basically, basically making the allegation that this is, you know, the, the January 6th, event was a big one and obviously gets most of the attention here, but this is a widespread thing that it's, it's beyond just that. Um, and I do want to, speaking of January 6th, I do want to uh, point this one allegation here, which again, could be entrapment. Um, the FBI has post post facto designated a grassy area outside the Capitol as a restricted zone when it was not restricted on January 6th, 2021 to, in order to widen the net of prosecution. So they basically, after the event decided that certain area where a bunch of people were congregated was now a restricted zone so that they could basically get all those people investigated so they could, you know, other than just pump up the numbers, ruin these people's lives for, for whatever time they're being investigated. So these are just some of the allegations here. There's a list of like six or seven of them here. 
I'm I'm beyond thinking that it's saving the FBI, that is. And, you know, I give credit to the FBI whistleblowers who are going to come out. Hopefully there's more of them. And maybe if enough of them do come out, that they can save the organization. But outside of that, I'm I'm, I'm in abolish the the FBI camp. Start over. Damn. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think that's controversial anymore. I'm still with the abolish the IRS. I think that's priority number one. All we got to do is, you know, that's an easy one. We can just repeal that amendment, so. Income tax and the IRS, right out together. I think that's just too much to wish for. That would, yeah. that would be the happiest day imaginable if we just eliminated that. If you're one of those people saying, I guess you don't want roads, please shut up. Yeah, well. Somehow I've we heard, had roads heard, before the I've IRS. I, yeah. It's my favorite counter. Like, right. I guess you don't want roads. Shut up. I know. So, all right. Anyways. That wraps us up here. Um, anything enlightening... Uh, uh, something that could leave the folks here with some positive news outside of all the destruction that we report on pretty much on a weekly basis. Yeah, things are crappy, and they're only they're going to get worse. Let's just be clear. Like, this isn't going to get better. This is widespread, blatant corruption from top to bottom at every level of government in this country and around the world for the most part. It ain't going to get better, but... Man, I misspelled abolish in the title. You idiot. Abilish. What a, what a return to YouTube. Come on. I'm an amateur. But here's my here's my take on it, though. It's not the first time in humanity we've gone through this. Like, we'll survive. It's going to be okay. It's just going to suck to go through. But the fact that it sucks, the fact that it's unprecedented in your lifetime or in my lifetime doesn't mean that it can't be survived. It can. And at some point, it's going to happen. Like, you you can't do Historically speaking, we will not be the first empire that ever fell, nor will we be the last. Um, so enjoy the end of the empire. Enjoy the spoils of our ill-gotten gains as a country, and some well-deserved well gains. I'm not going to say it was all bad. But right now, we're in, that, we're in the stage where everybody is just in a money grab and a power grab and suckling at the teat of power. So, you know what? It's, it's going to be bad. It's going to get dicey. Stock market's going to be crazy. Uh, government's going to get wild. Economy's going to get bad. But you could survive. So, get offline. Get off Twitter. Go talk to your neighbors. Way different out there when you actually talk to real people yeah, instead grass. of online. Touch grass. Touch grass. All right. Well, on that note, we thank you all for tuning in for another week. Uh, hopefully, we will see you all again on YouTube next week and Rumble again. So we'll be on Rumble regardless. So uh, check for the live show there. Um, you know, if uh, YouTube is your thing, please uh, check us out on YouTube. Like, share, and subscribe to the channel. And uh, share this uh, video with all your friends and family. And uh, for those of you at home listening or driving uh, to your uh, our audio version, uh, pull over at the next text area and leave us a five-star rate and review. And we will see you all next Monday.